0: you know be grateful we got a talkie
1: well now it looks like we're not the only malcontents in this tent
2: view on supercilious quits
0: evening captains heckle and jackal
2: play the notes, but I cannot make the music.
3: Hey, MASH fans, it's time for another episode of the MASH 4077th Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Kenny, and joining me as always, Simon.
4: Gentlemen.
3: Today we're discussing Season 8, Episode 19, Morale Victory. It's the 192nd episode overall, directed by Charles S. Dubin, written by John Rappaport, originally aired on January 28th, 1980, and the production code is S619.
1: Please, how much of go. this can a man take? Huh? We must have seen this picture 12 times in the past month.
2: I've arranged everything It's a recurring
1: nightmare with popcorn.
2: Shh. Everything I've done. You are so completely
0: bewildered. I opened it in play tonight. Oh, oh, oh of course. How was it? How was it a smash? Okay. It went to get house of uh, fire. And you? That's my best. I'm so glad. Thank you. <laughs> I'll see you in the town tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock. Oh, Bye, you dirty little liar! liar. Ho, oh, You're mad! Oh, you uh, see me again tomorrow? No, <laughs> not tomorrow. Yes. Or
1: ever again as long as you live. Do you know what it is like to look in the eyes of a woman while she's lying? <laughs>
0: uh, yes. Forgive
1: me. Forgive me, I should be more tolerant of liars. I have been one myself so
0: often. <laughs> oh! My children, mm. that does it. Switch on those lights. Oh. You two baboons spoiled a swell movie. No, we didn't. It's been here so long, it's spoiled by itself. Yeah. I've seen better film forming in my soup. <laughs> yeah, well, I happen to think this is a fine piece of celluloid. As a matter of fact, it's my and Mildred's favorite. Mildred loves Charles Boyer. This is a war, you know. Be grateful or we got a talkie. We
1: are, but don't you think we deserve a little decent entertainment? God knows everything else around here
0: stinks, right? Right, right, right. like the lousy mail, Okay, okay, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> enough.
1: Well, now it looks like we're not the only malcontents in this tent.
0: New movies new movies new, new, movies, movies, new movies! new movies! new movies! New movies! New movies! New movies! Attention! Attention! Attention all personnel! Incoming wounded. Report to OR on the double. Sorry folks. That's it for the movie. Yeah!
3: I also have the plot summary. While Hawkeye and BJ struggle as morale officers of the disgruntled camp, Winchester tries to help a patient whose penis career seems ruined Due to a crippled hand.
2: Uh, Lieutenant, would you close the skin for me? I want to get it to hand.
0: Right. You it? did a beautiful job on this leg,
2: Doctor. Or indeed a perceptive woman, thank you. Margaret, I should need another nurse here, please. Yes, I'm going to
5: handle it, doctor. You're
0: having some trouble over there, Winchester? Oh,
2: contraire, colonel. Thanks to an incomparable display of surgical prestidigitation, this lad will still have two legs to stand on when he gives me the ovation I so richly deserve.
1: Ah, the immortal words of Elizabeth Barrett Winchester. How do I love me? Let me count the ways.
2: Yowza, yowza. Once again from the arrogance ballroom, you've just heard Satchmo Winchester blowing his own horn. Ha, 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 ha. For you on, supercilious twits, this lad was a melange of mortar fragments, an airtight candidate for amputation. But uh, an arterial graft here, a bit of tendon repair there, and this boy shall soon be walking home.
5: How about the hand, doctor?
2: Well, a slight damage to the flexor tendon and the neurovascular bundle.
0: Winchester, you've got a silo full of smug you sure know which end of a scalpel is up. That kid doesn't know how lucky he is. He was unconscious the whole time the movie was playing. Yeah, well, he's not out of the
1: woods yet. He's still got 30 or 40 more chances to see it. Yeah, but thanks to Charles, he'll be able to walk
0: out on it. Okay, that tears it. I'm fed up with your silly jokes about the movies, the food, and everything else under my command. So, since you two Weisenheimers are such experts on what's wrong around here, Report to my office at 0700. What You two have just volunteered to be our morale officers.
4: Okay, guest stars in this episode. James Stevens plays Private David Sheridan, He guest starred in such series as Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Diagnosis, Murder, L.A. Law, Matlock, Moonlighting, Mm, A-Sheet, multiple characters on Murder, She Wrote, probably the dead ones, and a recurring role role on Cagney and Lacey, and the role of the young Dr. Auslander in 1945. This was in flashbacks on St. Elsewhere. Very cool. And of course, we have G.W. Bailey, who played Sergeant Luther Rizzo. And Jeff Maxwell returns as Private Igor Shumitsky. And Connie Izze returning as Nurse Connie. And Kelly Nakahara returns of course as Lieutenant Kelly Yamoto.
0: This little bestseller is the 100-10 Field Service Regulations Manual, a thriller from contents to appendix. Thanks, but we'll wait for the movie. Now you need only concern yourselves with section VI, from which I quote, Administration within a command provides certain services which strengthen morale. These are called morale services. Hence the name. Ah, that wit and humor warms the cockles of this old ticker, boys. Morale here is lower than a gopher's basement. But quicker than that, I expect to see this whole post doing huzzaws and handsprings. Any questions? Fine. Don't forget, I want to see everybody smiling. Smiling.
3: all right time to discuss this episode why don't you start us off meds
4: okay cool i, I gave this eight and a half out of it uh, nice. yeah i have this one um I think again because I quite like the, the, the way Charles is because of his love of classical music and the fact mm-hmm. that he's you know, he adores music, he knows everything about it, but he can't play it. Um and he sees the potential of what this other guy can give because you either, you've either got it or you haven't. It's simple as that. And yeah. I think that's with a you know, a lot of musicians really. You can I could learn to play the guitar but I'll never be as good as as like my mate Woody or my brother, Stu, because they have a natural gift for playing instruments. I don't. I have a natural gift for eating and drinking. Uh, that's, that's about as far as mine goes. <laughs> um, I, I don't know what it is. I don't know why I gave it eight and a half. I just think I find it incredibly enjoyable. I like the a putter's liner. I want to see everybody smiling. <laughs> <laughs> Only Harry Morgan can do that. Yeah. Like, well, it really is. Yeah. Um, I like the way that Charles goes to see uh, the father and they have this beach party and he then gets the patient to play this b- beautiful song with his one hand. And uh, I'd, I'd love to know if that's actually the actor doing was uh, I was, was
3: going to ask you, you if know. you knew. Yeah, because I was thinking uh, the same thing. I mean, the way the camera was shot, it looked like yeah. it was him playing.
4: Yeah, but I think that's just clever. I think that's just clever editing because one, that is an incredibly hard thing to do anyway. Yeah, yeah. To be able to play those notes as as wrote and and you do just get like single-handed playing note sheets. Yeah. Um, But again, I don't have an awful lot of notes about this. Um, The whole thing of them spoiling the movie at the beginning is a bit repetitive. We've had that before. Yeah. Uh, And then becoming morale officers. I mean, I I find that hard to believe that they they struggle to do it because they're (laughs) they're always playing practical jokes on everybody and, and you know, we've had the Olympics and we've had this, that you know, yeah, but um, again, I say I give it eight and a half because the whole th- probably the reason why I give it is because I don't have an awful lot of notes because I was just sucked into the episode, I'm mm-hmm. I, I just thoroughly enjoying it again. I think David Ugden Styles smacks this ball out of, out of the field, yeah, and he, he, he just pulls it out. And again, he's the whole thing of him. This is what I like about Charles' evolution of his character, where the fact that when you you see him straight away, he's really pompous. But he's constantly learning about general humanity and other people rather than the selfishness of himself. And I think that's the reason why I like this episode so much.
3: No, I figured you were going to like it because it was definitely a Winchester-heavy episode. I actually gave it an 8 out of 10. Ah, yeah, cool. I very much enjoyed it. Same reasons. Uh, I love that B.J. and Hawkeye get caught and and get forced (laughs) to be morale officers because, you know, Mm. they're being themselves and Potter has enough. He's like, well, fine, you do it then. And they're like, oh, oh, shoot, okay. (laughs) You know, I just I like that they get called out. That's that's a good way of saying it. They get called out on their shenanigans themselves. I do like the fact that we have Winchester so proud of himself for fixing this guy's leg. So Mm proud, you know. And as soon as he said it, I'm like, oh, I remember this episode. He's a pianist and that's not going to be good for his hands, you know. But I like the fact that he's he's so pompous and he's so proud that he saved this guy's leg, which is amazing. And that's great that he saved this guy's leg and didn't have to be amputated. But the fact that he, you know, he didn't even think about the hands as something that were worthy of, you know, trying to save. Um, yeah. it, was, it was the leg. Save the leg. Not worry about the hands. But I mean, which is, I guess would be what you would go to because how many people really Need their hands, you know. How many people are pianists that need precision well, with yeah. their hands? They'd rather have a leg than than that. But um, I did like I liked that they showed that part of them. And then when he found out that the guy was a pianist, and you know Charles being all uppity and appreciating music, you just, it just it just killed him, knowing that he just crushed this guy's dreams. Uh, yeah. And it wasn't even his fault. He, you know he he did everything he could for the hand and for the leg. It's just. It was just hard for him to, to have to deal with it. And I love this is one. of My favorite moments with Charles is him going to talk to follow Mulcahy.
4: Yeah. You
5: know, you're being much too harsh on yourself. You mustn't think that you've failed. Oh, but I
2: have. And the boy's a graduate of Juilliard. He just embarked on a promising career. I reach out to him, but no matter what I do, I
5: cannot get through. That's not your fault.
2: Oh, isn't it? We both know that there are other doctors here more able to... show compassion, provide comfort. I have no magic words. I work my wonders on flesh and bone. I perform no miracle surgery on the soul. That's that's your department.
5: Major, I know how difficult it was for you to come here. It's obvious that you care a great deal. Of course I care. And you must not give up. There's no one here with a greater love or or knowledge of music. And that's the key. You must show him that his musical career is not over. You can't let him waste that precious talent that God has given him. Thank you.
3: And they have, that's the first time I've ever seen Charles actually go for guidance, go for help. You know, he needed to talk to somebody. And I love that it was fun. They just had a really good, because we very rarely get to see Charles and Mokéhi together, you know, have have scenes together, especially one-on-one. Um, yeah. And I, I just really, they have great chemistry. And I just, I really enjoyed that scene. I love the fact that it's Clinger that comes through in the end and gets the sand and gets the crabs. And, you know, <laughs> he's, you know, he's doing what Radar would have done. He's, yeah, he's, you know, he's, time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. he's stepping up and he's actually doing what he's supposed to do. And I, and I like that aspect of it. Um And again, a very poignant ending, you know, with, with Charles and the guy, you know, and he's telling them, you know, don't give up on it and, you know, teach. And, and I just, I love the very ending where you have kind of like a inebriated uh Hawkeye and BJ coming into the tent and Charles is just, he's very content and he's very happy and he, you know. He had his moment. They had a great time, but he also accomplished something, which was really nice. Yeah. And it's Just a very sweet kind of moment between the three of them. And I just liked I liked the way this, this episode ended. But no, it's definitely worthy of an 8. I mean, it's definitely a really, really strong... It's a strong Charles episode. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to figure out if that was the A story or if morale officers, I think, were, would, I would consider more the A story and Charles would yeah. be the B story. But I enjoyed the B story much more than the A story. Mm. But I think it was a nice blend, you know, together of an A and a B story. Yeah.
2: Cool. Private Jordan. Hello. I'm Dr. Winchester. We met yesterday, but I doubt that you'll recall it. You were quite unconscious. Where am I? At the 4077th MASH. Oh. You're quite a lucky lad. You and uh, Mortar had a rather intense disagreement. Nine times out of ten, with a wound like that, the leg would be lost. But, uh, you caught me on a good day. You won't be doing Lindy overnight, but with proper care, that leg will be
0: 100%. Why is there a bandage on my hand?
2: What's wrong with it. When you consider the boys come through here every day and lose their sight, limbs, even their lives... What happened to my hand? Well, you have some nerve and tendon damage. Fortunately, there will be only slightly diminished use of three fingers. It will look perfectly normal. What do you mean slightly diminished? There will be a certain loss of dexterity. For how long? Afraid it will be permanent. Oh, my God. But your leg will be fine. I don't
0: care about my leg. Damn
2: it. I don't understand.
0: My legs are nothing.
2: These are my life. I play the piano. A concert pianist. You're a pianist?
3: imdb we have ooh 8.1 so hmm. yeah close to closer to what we think uh yeah. like in a little bit in between there that's good it's good <laughs> I, I like i like when the crowd agrees with us that <laughs> it's a good episode yeah. <laughs> um, All right, let's go ahead and move on to some behind the scenes. I think Meds has our first one here.
4: Okay, so The Terror of Tiny Town, 1938, is mentioned as a real movie. It's a musical western filmed in 1936 featuring little people terrified by a gunslinging bully. Mm, that sounds interesting.
3: <laughs> <laughs> the movie shown at the beginning of this episode is the 1942 film Tales of Manhattan, starring Charles Boyer. Colonel Potter mentions that Boyer is both his and his wife's favorite actor. Mm.
4: Uh, at first, a shadow of the boom mic is visible on the ceiling of the mess tent, and then the boom itself is visible as BJ stands and begins talking to Klinger. Yeah, mm. it's bound to happen. Yep.
3: The music that Charles asked Klinger to pick up in Seoul was Maurice Roville's piano concerto for the left hand. Additionally, the story that Charles tells is the true story of Paul Winningston, who lost his right hand during World War One, yet continued his performing through commissioning work for piano using only the left hand.
4: Ah, oh, brilliant. So it's real,
3: yeah, true life, yeah. that's cool.
2: Big surprise, dinner party. Spectacularly unforgettable.
0: Did
2: you ever consider running your mouth out to the motor pool as a garage? beige if we don't come up with
1: something soon, we're gonna be modeling the latest in tar and feather wear. So let's attack this rationally.
0: I'd
2: rather attack you irrationally.
1: Come on, think back you remember some special dinner party you once went to?
2: Sure. Lucia Murphy's 14th birthday. We played spin the bottle and set out
1: for Chinese food. Now, there's a nice touch of home. Dinner just like Mao used to make.
0: A Hawk,
2: admit it. No matter what kind of spectacular food we come up with, as soon as it hits those tin trays on those crummy tables in that rotten tent, it's still gonna be a mess.
1: So we won't have it in the tent. What can we eat outside? Dirt. No, a picnic. We'll have a cookout. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. I just got a great idea that will save us from a lifetime of death.
2: You're going to take us all out for American food?
1: Close, but wrong. We'll bring America here. We'll have a beach party. Big fire, blankets, singing, huge boiling kettle full of lobsters, crabs, clams, whatever they got. Okay. I don't see a whole lot of lifeguards around here. Well, you would if this was Incheon. And where there's sea, there's got to be seafood, mama. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think? What do you think? Does that sound fantastic?
0: That really sounds stupid, but is it possible? Of course, the stupid is always possible. Great. Can you leave right away? Me? You want me to drive halfway across Korea on treacherous roads over hostile terrain? I don't want my Purple Heart to read. He gave his life for crabs.
4: Ah, trivia time. So, last episode's question. When and where did Charles Winchester III graduate college? Well, of course, it was Harvard in 1943. Okay. so this episode's question. In Series 1, Episode 19, the Lung John Flap. How many people, including Hawkeye, were seen wearing Hawkeye's lung underwear Mm.
2: (laughs) what are we doing here doctor i don't want a drink good because you're not going to get one what the hell is this all about please david i'm sure you've heard of these huh pieces for the left hand of course i've heard of them what are you suggesting now that i make a career out of a few freak pieces written for one hand not at all i won't make any pretense about your physical ability to play concerts it's not my point are you familiar with the story behind the Ravel? No, and I don't really... It was really... written for an Austrian concert pianist named Paul Wittgenstein. He lost his right arm during First World War. He embarked on a long search to commission piano works for the left hand alone. Composer after composer turned him down, but he refused to give up. Finally, he found Ravel, who, like him, was willing to accept this great challenge. Don't you see? Your hand may be still, but your gift cannot be silenced if you refuse to let it be.
1: Gift? You keep talking about this damned gift.
2: I had a gift, and I exchanged it for some mortar fragments. Remember? Wrong! Because the gift does not lie in your hands. I have hands, David. Hands that can make a scalpel sing. More than anything in my life, I wanted to play, but I do not have the gift. I can play the notes, but I cannot make the music. You've performed Liszt, Rachmaninoff, Chopin. Even if you never do so again, you've already known a joy that I will never know as long as I live. Because the true gift is in your head, and in your heart, and in your soul. And you can shut it off forever, or you can find new ways to share your gift with the world. Through the baton, the classroom, the pen. As to these works, they're for you. Because you and the piano will always be as one. Match 4077 Podcast is all
3: over social media. If you'd like to email us, you can do so by sending your emails to mash4077podcast at gmail.com. We also have a Twitter account. You can find the podcast at mash4077podcast. You can find me, Kenny, at geekyfanboy. And you can find Meds at Hawkeye Meds. We also have a Facebook group. You can search mash4077podcast. And if you want to read our show notes or get more information about the podcast, you can do so on our main website, which is at mash4077podcast.com. If you are enjoying our podcast, consider making a donation. We have a Patreon account at patreon, dot com slash geekyfanboy. All right, uh, that's going to do it for this episode. Again, another really solid MASH episode. We've been on a roll here. This is worrisome. Y- you know what happens. <laughs> yeah.
4: yeah <it's> go. <laughs> All right, well, I'm Kenny. And I'm Simon.
3: And we'll be seeing you.
2: Oh, here's the hermit crab. Ah, gentlemen. From the sounds of this evening's revelry, your soirée was eminently successful. My congratulations. Well, thank you. Well, the man is positively aglow. Yeah. <laughs> he must be better at moraleing than we thought. Huh? <laughs> Major Giggles here wasn't even at the party. We cheered him up by
1: remote control.
2: <laughs>
1: hey, Beach. I got a great way to end the war. We shell North Korea with crabs. (laughs) No kidding Charles, you miss some good
2: food and a great time. Thank you gentlemen, but you need not concern yourselves. I'm doing just fine, thank you. Each of us must dance to his own tune.
1: Check out the latest podcast to hit this quadrant, the Geek Roundtable. Join hosts as they sit down with fellow geeks to talk, well, geek. Star Wars, Star Trek, cosplay, fantasy, anime, Firefly, even My Little Pony. If it's geeky, we'll discuss it. King Arthur had his roundtable for his knights, and now it's time for us geeks to have ours. Come join in the fun and geek out with the Geek Roundtable. Find us on iTunes by searching The Geek Roundtable or visit our website, thegeekroundtable.com. Welcome, folks, to Tom Antonella's Laugh at or with the podcast.
5: You know, I have a friend who worked
1: on Labyrinth. Get out! I do, and he was knee-numb in Return of the Jedi. Do you do Lando? (laughs) Would you get going, you pirate? (laughs) Calling Mike Quinn. Mr.
4: Antonellis?
1: Mr. Quinn, would it be too much to ask that you share with us some stories of working on Labyrinth, Sasha's favorite movie?
4: Did you do any actual Labyrinth voices for her? She
1: She's going to say it. Say what?
4: Quiet. Shut up. Sorry. You shut up.
1: <laughs> you are so awesome. He's teeing me up.
2: That's a good friend.
1: Take care, all. Remember, laugh at or with makes no difference to me. Visit Tom Antonellis Left at or with on Facebook, SoundCloud, and YouTube.
3: MASH 4077 Podcast is a geeky fanboy production and has a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, works 3.0 United States license, all rights reserved.